Hello, and welcome back to What You May Have Mythed, and Episode 4. I hope that, thus far, you have enjoyed our forays into tales from Roman, Norse, and Aztec mythology. If this is the first episode you have tuned into, then welcome, and I hope you enjoy this episode enough to venture back and explore the previous adventures. This week, we are making an escapade into a very different world of myths and legends, to a place very different from the ones we have already visited. The mythology we are exploring today is from a country that is steeped in rich legends, terrifying tales, and magical stories. Can you guess where it is? Scandinavia, to Mexico, to Rome, and now we journey west, over Europe and Asia, to China. You may very well be aware that China has not only one of the oldest histories of any country on earth, but also one of the most incredible mythologies. Over here in the UK, we learn about the Greek myth of Persephone in the box, the English legend of Beowulf, and the Roman tale of Romulus and Remus. We learn about these myths because they take place nearer to home than, say, India, but also because they have a direct influence on culture, tradition, and even religion in our part of the world. The same can be said for the Chinese tales. We know about China and its great history, and are aware that it has a vast mythology, but how many of you could honestly say that you know a Chinese myth as well as you know the story of, say, the sword in the stone? I'm the same. Until recently, I knew next to nothing about Chinese mythology. And that is one of the opportunities that this podcast has given me. And now I'd like to share it with you. The tale I'm going to tell you today is regarded as one of the four great folk tales of China and has found itself the subject of many adaptions, including operas, theatre productions, and film. It involves snakes, a mischievous monk, some wine, a crab, and a love story. Mmm, I know, an eclectic mix of elements there, but a marvellous story all the same. I hope you agree when you've heard it. There are several, possibly hundreds, of variations of this story, but I will only be telling you one of them today. Otherwise, we would probably be here until a year on Tuesday, and you would probably have turned me off. So, here is today's myth. The Legend of the Immortal White Snake Once upon a long time ago, there was a young boy called Zhu Jiang, who lived in Hanchao in China. He was a good-natured, well-behaved boy, who always did as his parents asked. One day, Zhu Jian was walking through town, minding his own business, 
when a vendor stopped him in an attempt to sell some of his wares. The vendor was selling Tang Yuan, a delicious rice dessert. Try it if you can. Zhu Jian liked Tang Yuan, and given that he had a bit of pocket money left, he decided to treat himself. On his way home, whilst walking over the broken bridge over the lake, Zhu Jian ate his delicious snacks. However, not long after he had finished the last nibble of the last piece, he started to feel a little unwell. Those of you who are listening, who have, at some point in your life, gorged on sweet food in a short space of time, will know the very unpleasant, nauseating feeling it brings. This is how Zhu Jian felt right about now, but it was under slightly different circumstances rather than just general gluttony. What Zhu Jian did not know was that the Tang Yuan he had just consumed was, in fact, immortality pills disguised as his favourite treat. How's that for a plot twist? And so early in the story. Luckily, poor Zhu Jian was walking over the lake as he was feeling quite ill. It wasn't long before his delicious snack was no longer in his stomach, but at the bottom of the lake. This next part is rather disgusting, but quite crucial to the story, so I beg you will forgive me. Slithering along the lake bed was a Taoist white snake, who, for her entire life, had been seeking the means to make herself immortal. She knew that nearby, somewhere in the reeds, was a terrapin spirit who for so long had been incensed by the white snake's luck and it was just about to become even more enraged. The white snake watched as the... um... vomit from Zhu Jian sank its way to the bottom. When it landed, she realised exactly what they were and quickly ate them up, thus making her immortal and giving her special spiritual powers. I don't know about you, but I don't think I would go to the same lengths as her to gain immortality. Because of her newfound spiritual power and immortality, the spirit felt a deep thankfulness towards Zhu Jian. The terrapin spirit did not. He felt naught but anger and resentment. Thanks to her new powers, the white snake spirit felt brave enough to venture out of the water, onto the land, and into the wider world. It was as she was slithering along through this new world that she'd found herself in that a cry caught her attention. Take that, you horrid snake! And that! And that! The white snake slithered towards the sound of the shout. There was the sound of what she guessed was something hitting the ground hard. She could feel the vibrations through the earth. As the grass thinned, she saw a man in rags standing over something at his feet, trying to hit it with his worn shoe. Looking at the ground, the white snake saw what the man was attempting to squash. It was a green snake. Was this really how snakes were treated by humans? She thought. How horrible! Well, she wasn't going to stand for that. Well, as much as a snake can stand. Using her spiritual powers that the immortality beans had imbued in her, she transformed herself, quite literally, into a beautiful woman. The beggar, who was still attempting to bash the green snake, was flabbergasted. "'Where on earth did you come from?' he cried. "'Never you mind,' she replied. "'Stop attacking that snake!' 
Why, I just sat down and it started hissing at me. It's not my fault it's angry. That doesn't mean you should kill it. Go on, away with you and leave this poor creature alone. There was something in the white snake's eyes that told the beggar not to trifle with this woman, and so he put his shoe back on his foot and slunk away back towards the town. The green snake looked up at the white snake. Thank you, thank you, and thank you again. For eternity I shall follow you faithfully for saving my life, she said. That won't be necessary, the white snake replied. I was just wanting to make sure that you weren't hurt. It's demanded by the gods. I am yours to command. And so, wherever the white snake ventured, still in the guise of a woman, the green snake followed as her faithful companion. Several years then passed. The white snake retained her appearance of a beautiful woman, and the green snake remained at her side. The white snake had taken the name Bai Zhen, and the green had taken the name Zhao Qing and they spent their days around Han Chao, exploring alleyways and markets and shops and gardens. One day, during the King Ming Festival, a festival where people remember their ancestors, Bai Suzhen and Zhao Qing were crossing the broken bridge in Han Chao, when whom should they meet but none other than Zhu Jian. Zhu Jian was older now, in his mid-twenties, and a handsome young man. The moment he set eyes on Bai Zhuzhan, his jaw dropped. Being immortal, Bai Zhuzhan did not age and was therefore as stunning as the day she first transformed many years before. For Zhuzhan, it was love at first sight, and, luckily for him, the same can be said for Bai Zhuzhan. Despite the fact that the last time she had seen him he had been rather ill over the side of the bridge, she was still immensely grateful for the immortality he had helped bestow on her, and he was also a very handsome chap. Not long after their fateful meeting on the bridge, Zhu Jian and Bai Suzhen were married and decided to settle down by opening a medicine shop in Zhenjiang. What a perfect life they had planned. However... Do you remember the jealous terrapin spirit that lived in the lake? Well, over the intervening years, he too had managed to figure out how to make himself into the shape of a human. Leaving the lake, he turned himself into the image of a Buddhist monk called Fahai. He was still deeply unhappy that the white snake had taken the immortality pills and that she had made a lovely life for herself away from the lake. The festival of Duan Wu was approaching and the residents of Zhenjiang were getting ready to celebrate. This was the perfect opportunity, Fa Hai thought. He managed to get hold of some railgar wine, a drink that was traditionally drunk during the festival to help ward off spirits, and made his way to the house of Zhu Zhen and Bai Zhen. Fa Hai approached the door and knocked. It was Zhu Zhen that answered. Yes? How can I help you, friend? he asked. He was still a very polite man. I have a gift for your wife, sir, said Fa Hai. He was glad that Zhu Jian was such a trusting fellow. With his mouth, Fa Hai was smiling, but his eyes told of his true intentions. Railgar wine to celebrate the festival. And he passed the cask of wine to Zhu Jian. My dear fellow, thank you so very much. 
Would you come in and share a drink with us? Thank you for your invite, but I have many other matters to attend to. Please enjoy the wine and the celebrations. He gave Jujien a bow and walked off into the night, laughing quietly to himself. Who was that? asked by Zhujian, when Zhujian had closed the door and made his way back into the house. A delightful monk bringing us a cask of wine for the festival. Come, let us celebrate his kindness with a drink. Zhujian poured two healthy measures of the wine for himself and his wife. They drank deeply, and Zhujian refilled their cups. It was as they turned to the window to watch the fireworks that it happened. Bai Sujian twitched, and her cup fell to the floor with a tinkle of breaking glass. Zhujian looked around at his wife, only to watch her start to writhe violently. What was happening? Well, if you remember what the purpose of the Railgar wine was, then you have probably figured it out. The wine had caused Bai Sujian to show her real form, the white snake spirit. Zhujian was speechless as he watched his dear wife shrivel down, becoming paler and paler. Her clothes slumped to the floor, and out of one of the armholes slithered the white snake. Despite being a young man, Zhujian could not comprehend what had just happened. He looked from the white snake on the floor to the glass of wine in his hand and collapsed. His heart had given out. Obviously, Bai Zhujian was rather upset over the untimely death of her young husband, and so she vowed to do everything in her power to bring him back. As she was a very powerful spirit, Bai Zhujian attempted to bring her husband back to life through magic, but to no avail. She was devastated. But then she remembered a story she had heard about a herb that not only granted longevity, but that could also bring the dead back to life. So, leaving Zhujian where he was, well, he wasn't going to move anywhere being dead and all, she and her trusty follower, Zhao Qing, made their way to the slopes of Mount Emei to find this special herb. Mount Emei is one of the four sacred Buddhist mountains of China, an incredibly special place, and would be undoubtedly where Bai Zhujian would find the herb needed to reanimate Zhujian. The mountain was guarded by the old man of the South Pole, and was located in the forbidden peaks of the Kunlun Mountains, a mythological place where there was the strongest connection between the divine and the mortal worlds. An axis mundi, if you will. Bai Zhujian ascended the mountain, riding on a cloud as you do. It got to a point, though, where the cloud could take her no further, so she continued on foot until she reached an archway bearing the words, Beyond Mortals. Standing on either side of this arch were two men, disciples of the old man who guarded the precious herb. Hmm, thought Bai Zhujian, how to get past them to the herb? Any thoughts, Xiao Qing? Zhao Qing pondered for a moment, then said, Yes, disguise yourself and say, Oh, I don't know, that the old man has been invited to some sort of party. Everyone loves a party, so he's bound to fall for it. I knew I brought you along for a reason. Good thinking. Bai Zhujian then transformed herself into the form of a monk, and then, 
slowly approached the arch and the two guards. "'My dear fellows,' she said. The guards, seeing an elderly monk, lowered their weapons and motioned for Bai Zhen to approach. "'I bring an invitation to a party for your master. Will you let me pass in order to relay said invite?' "'Nor can do, I'm afraid,' said what looked like the older of the two guards. "'We've been expressly forbidden to permit anyone past our archway.' "'Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. "'It has been such a long walk up this mountain. "'It would be a shame for it all to have been in vain. "'Is there any way the message can get to him? "'This invite comes from the gods themselves,' "'she added with a stroke of genius afterthought. "'At this the guards stood up a little straighter. "'From the gods?' the second guard repeated, intrigued. "'Yes, indeed. A party invitation from the gods is not likely disregarded, is it not?' "'Indeed,' said the first guard. "'We shall inform him of this immediately. Please, take your rest out here. We shall bring this message to our master and bring you back some food and water.' The guards hurried off towards the place the old man lived. "'Genius!' exclaimed Zhao Qing. "'Shh!' Bai Zhen replied. "'We don't want them coming back until we are long gone.' After making sure that the two guards were well on their way to the old man, Bai Zhen stole quietly through the archway to where the special herb was kept. She took another quick look, checking the guards weren't on their way back, pulled a few of the leaves from the plant, and ran for it. The guards were almost at the old man's lodgings when they finally understood with a crashing realisation that they had been duped and immediately raised the alarm. Still being disguised as an elderly monk, Bai Zhen couldn't move very quickly and so the guards made short work of chasing her down. Bai Zhen then did something a bit disgusting. She coughed up a magic ball, much in the same way that cats cough up furballs. Then she took this gob ball in her hand and threw it at the guards. It caught one of them full in the face. Immediately he stopped and was violently ill. The other continued to give chase, however. Bai Zhen put the herb under her tongue for safekeeping, but unfortunately, rather than help the situation, it made it worse. The action of putting the herb under her tongue caused both herself and the chasing guard to return to their original form. Bai Zhen transformed back into the white snake, and the guard became a crane. The bird, not the construction lorry. As a snake, Bai Zhen could not move as fast as the crane. The crane dived and with relative ease took hold of the white snake around her neck. Just then, the old man appeared. He looked from the crane with the white snake in its beak to his precious herb, then back to the snake. "'What are you doing?' he said. He had a deep, mellow voice, and there was no hint of anger in his words. "'I would have thought that was obvious,' called the crane. "'This wretch is trying to steal your precious herb, sire. She wants to live forever. Not when I'm finished with her, though. Ha-ha!' The old man turned to his guard. Yes and no. Indeed, she was trying to steal the herb. That much is obvious. But she can already live forever. 
the white snake has lived longer than both you and I ever will. He turned back to Bai Zhuzhen. What I am asking is this. Why are you risking everything you have in order to steal my precious herb? You are already immortal and have no need of it yourself. Bai Zhuzhen tried to speak, but the crane's beak on her throat was preventing anything but incoherent noises escaping. Let go of her, the old man said sharply to his guard. The crane dropped the white snake, who gulped in lungfuls of air. After a minute or two, she raised her head and began to speak. My husband, I need the herbs for my husband. He was tricked by the terrapin spirit into giving me wine that would reveal my true shape. He knew nothing about me being the white snake spirit. It is thanks to him I have the power to change my appearance and that I am immortal. He gave me the pills for immortality when he was a young boy. All my life I have felt a deep connection with Zhu Jian because of what he did for me. As I say, he was tricked into giving me the wine, and when it transformed me back into the white snake form, it killed him. I must get these herbs back to him. I owe him the same gift he gave me. Life. Even if, after seeing what I am, he does not want me. It is the right thing to do, and I will do anything in my power to bring him back. The old man looked down at her. My dear, why did you not just ask? Of course, you may take the herbs. Revive your husband as you must. He held a hand out to her, and Bai Zhuzhen, turning back to her human form, took it. The old man helped her off the floor. Go, quickly, he said. Bai Zhuzhen bowed to the old man and raced back towards the place where the cloud was waiting to carry her back down the mountain. Bai Zhuzhen arrived back at her husband's side and quickly placed the herbs into his mouth with a drop of water. Immediately, Zhuzhen's eyes flickered and opened. I had a weird dream, he murmured. His gaze fell on Bai Zhuzhen. You, um... You turned into a white snake when you drank wine. Can you believe that? My love, she said, that wasn't a dream. I drank the wine and I did become the white snake. The truth is, I have always been the white snake. Tears started falling down her cheeks. When you were a small boy, you gave me immortality pills. You threw them up into the lake. Hang on, I remember that. They were my Tang Yuan. I've not eaten it since, he exclaimed. Yes, my love, they gave me the power of immortality. I became human and wandered the land for many years before we met on the broken bridge. I want to believe that it was fate that brought us together for a second time, that we are meant to be together. But when you saw me as I truly am, it killed you. I understand if you never want to see me again. Bai Zhuzhang could not get any more words out and she collapsed into sobs. As we already know, Zhu Jian was a very kind fellow. He couldn't bear to see his beautiful wife so upset. Plus, did it make any difference to him that she just happened to be a white snake spirit? Of course it didn't. Zhu Jian took his wife's hands in his. It does not matter to me that you are a white snake spirit. You are my wife. I love you because you are my wife. You brought me back from the dead. 
How could I not wish to see you every day after something like that? Bai Zhuzhen looked into Zhuzhian's face and smiled. Thank you, she said. And there we have it, the legend of the White Snake. As I said in the introduction, there are many versions of this story. This is just one of the variants. There are versions that have the White Snake being saved by Zhuzhian in a past life, hence the karmic connection between the two, and versions that do not include the Green Snake. So, if you have heard this legend before and you're wondering why this one's different, well, now you know. If you have any questions or comments, or just want to know something more about the episode or any previous episode, then feel free to drop me an email at themythspodcast at gmail.com or tweet me on at MythedPodcast. Next week, we are venturing back west to somewhere slightly closer to home for me than China. But I'm not going to give any spoilers away. So, until next week, farewell.